Welcome to another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg! Yes! Today we will be reviewing the book one, Water, episode six, Imprisoned. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I am doing great. How are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for joining. And uh, of course, Teddy Hahn. How are you today, Teddy? Good, good. This is, uh, is going to be an interesting episode as an earthbender. Interesting indeed. Yes, and I forgot you are of the Earth Kingdom. Okay, mm-hmm. guys. Um, real quick synopsis of the episode, because there's lots to cover. Uh, maybe even some plot holes. Mm, we'll see. But uh, Aang, Katara, and Sokka came, camp at a small Earth Kingdom town where all the town's Earthbenders are arrested by the Fire Nation. Katara accidentally gets an Earthbender, Haru, arrested. In her guilt, she tricks the Fire Nation into arresting her so she can help to free the Earthbenders from inside. Hence, imprisoned. All right, guys, let's see how Katara does with her little revolution here. Let's, let's get into it. So, um, yeah, Team Avatar is setting up camp when Sokka arrives with dinner, which turns out to be Aww. some nuts and rocks. Uh, while discussing their dinner options by the campsite, Ang, Katara, and Sokka are startled by loud noises in the distance. Curious, Aang and Katara set out to investigate. And uh, with Sokka following close behind, they discover a young earthbender practicing his bending. Katara introduces herself, but the young bender races off fearfully. Aang suggests following him in hopes to find a town where they can have a proper dinner. And they end up in a small settlement swarming with Fire Nation soldiers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so for, right off the bat, um, we're coming in hot and heavy with the comedy, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's always Sokka trying to gather food. The irony of Sokka being upset that people would rather potentially eat real food than the scattered nuts and rocks that he gathered. Yeah. And the, um, the timing comedy of the, of the Momo hitting the rock, testing the rock on the rock to see mm. if it's a nut. Yeah. And that being when we hear the earth bending and him thinking that that's, it's all really good stuff. Yeah, dude, definitely. Um, yeah. And uh, I kind of, they, they didn't really touch on this in the episode. I wonder how they ended up there. Like, I understand you, you can't just fly on Appa all day and night, but uh, a little something to uh, get a sense of how this was the, uh, the landing choice or I don't know, maybe, maybe Maybe I'm yeah. overthinking this, but... Uh, no. I think it's kind of... I, I, maybe it's considered arbitrary. Like, they just happen to find this this spot, right? And yeah. this is clearly just, like, another path, like, on the way. Um, sure it is, yeah. They're coming from Amashu, so they're already in the Earth Kingdom. Right. Yeah. Just making their way up north. Right. All right, guys. So, Did you guys... Uh, wait, one second. Before, yeah. we, before we go, um, have you guys noticed, like, their kind of lack of uh, awareness with Appa? Like, they just kind of let him do his own thing and then go on their merry way. Yeah. How do you wait? Like they, you they, they just park him outside the village. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? And no, no attendance, no rope to a tree, nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I will think... say it speaks to the connection right. Aang has with Appa, but uh, it's not addressed ever. Uh, it's a good point. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not, not in book one. It's not addressed, but it is addressed in book two. True. There's um, a book two. Shh, don't let him know the secret. Okay. Um, yes, yes, there is. Meanwhile, um, okay, they follow this young man 
they follow him into a store and they see him speaking with his mother who's finding out where he's been. And Haru explains to his mother that since the Fire Nation took control of the town, anyone discovered to be an earthbender is arrested and sent to a prison far offshore. Haru's mother subsequently tells them that his father was one of those sent to the rig. Some good background, some good exposition. Uh, later that day, Haru and Katara take a walk together, both sharing their own stories and seemingly forming a strong bond. They come across an old man that has been trapped by a cave-in. Haru reluctantly uses his earth bedding to save the old man. During the night, while the gang is sleeping, Fire Nation soldiers, along with the old man who Haru saved, come and arrest Haru for earth bending. The next morning, Katara encounters Haru's mother, who tells her that Haru was arrested and sent to the prison rig because the old man turned him to the Fire Nation. After hearing this, she decides to take action and find a way onto the rig in order to free him. She concludes that the only way to trick the Fire Nation into thinking she is an airbender is to think, have them think she's an airbender. After some strategy, she's able to pose as an earthbender with the help of Aang and some ventilation pipes while the Fire Nation soldiers are watching. She's promptly apprehended and sent to the rig. There, she and several other captives meet the prison warden, self-important and cruel taskmaster. He states that the earthbenders are helpless since the entire rig is made of metal and thus have nothing to control. Ooh, I, I could have broken that up a little. Yeah, there was a lot there. It's okay. Um, it's okay. But yeah, no, it's this is, uh, there's, there, there is a lot. And we, can't, we have to mention, I feel like this is Katara's first quasi-crush. Yeah. Well, mm, yes. First peer outside of the water tribe, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, when has Katara ever had a, an interesting male in her life? Yeah. And this one she feels in a special kinship to because the whole not being able to bend or not being oh. able to fully, you know, realize your bending potential, that the, this is yeah. kind of the first person she's met that Absolutely. can truly feel that. Kindred spirits. You, um, they've also both kind of had to deal with absentee parents due to the firebenders. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were talking before this how, uh, you know, this is the time that they, we really see the, 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 the terror of a Fire Nation occupied Earth city. Right. Or town. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's funny because everybody always talks about how, how the legend of Korra was really the one with the very mature themes and Avatar The Last Airbender is more, you know, uplifting and, and, and high spirits and, and directed towards kids. But in book one so far, I mean, we're not, we're not that far into it and there's been some really dark stuff. And, and I'm starting to realize that this is pretty mature material too. Yeah, colonization, uh, suppression. You have people getting taken to prison in the middle of the night, getting ratted out by their own... Yes. neighbors i mean it's just people that they saved are ratting them out for their I own know. benefits with their new occupiers it's just crazy it's it's yeah. honestly it's like um it's oh god what what's what am i thinking of it's in um i mean during the holocaust they would have jewish prisoners acting as uh you know um oh it's driving me crazy judenrat yes um Jews would have to turn on their own people to make a name for themselves with their Nazi guards to not get persecuted. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of what's, yeah. Yeah, no, it speaks to the level of uh, hopelessness, uh, of uh, just, just this widespread fascism. I got to find another word. I feel like I use it every week, but uh, how better to describe the Fire Nation? 
Yeah. Uh, that, that a person who's uh, rescued would rather turn his hero into the authorities than... Uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it just, just speaks volumes that this uh, person would rather turn in the person that rescued him. It, 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 it just... It speaks to the climate, the, the fear of being able to bend. Only with such a dictatorship could such a, a climate exist. It's, it's right. insane. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and luckily, it's relieved a little bit in their, in their fake earthbending stunt with one of the best jokes in the entire series. Yes. Which is yes. the Fire Nation guard thinking, the lemur! It's earthbending. <laughs> yeah, which is just. But also, uh, like, every time. it shows you the real lack of uh, an intelligence with the Fire Nation. Like, oh, very much stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, very much. Like, like, like. Uh, I don't know. You were saying before, Jeff. The, they're not even noticing the clear, like their clothes. Yeah. Clearly, they're Southern tribe. They're not. They're not. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. Um, how about the fact that when uh, Katara is putting this plan together? Uh, Aang's just staring off at the butterfly in the distance. He's got, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah he's, uh, uh -huh. He still doesn't grasp that he needs to save the world here. He just wants to have fun. All of these pit stops are just a, a fun road trip for him. He's not really uh, interested in his mission, no, no matter how many times he has to be told. I think he's still, he's still a little bit in denial. There's still yeah. a little bit more that he has to either discover or learn before he grasps the true depth of his mission. Yeah. And this whole um, idea of Katara, you know, Aang and the ventilation pipes, um, it was so wily Coyote. Oh my God. Like, like yeah. it was just classic cartoon logic just and- uh, Acme catalog, page 36. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it worked, you know, they, they got her and uh, she finds herself on the uh, rig out in the water uh, where we meet our prison ward. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, voiced very no. adeptly by George Takei. Uh, absolutely. Has he ever voiced anything bad? I, I, I don't think so. No. Unless he disguised it with a different type of voice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you um, should think about that. Yeah, so. You know, if the Earthbenders feel helpless in the, the Earth Kingdom, if the Earthbenders feel like they're better off ratting on the people that saved them in the Earth Kingdom, just, just imagine how they feel when they get to the rig. Right. Right? Like, like when it, the little hope, which is next to nothing, is gone completely. Um, and that's the environment, uh, the atmosphere that Katara finds. Um, so she gets there and she finds Haru and her father or his father, uh, Tyro, Katara inquires as to how they plan to escape. Like, like, oh, uh, let me in on the plan, guys. Surely you're busting out any minute now. No, no, Katara. Uh, Tyro says the escape plan is not an option. And the only way to uh, really, you know, survival is the plan. And they, it's been a hundred year war going on. And Katara was shocked by the lack of hope and delivers, yo, an inspirational speech, like, like truly has this uh, justice warrior moment uh, that is completely ignored by all the other men. Uh -huh. That night, Katara meets up with Aang and Sokka to devise a way for the prisoners to regain their confidence and rebel. Aang notices the smokestacks in the distance and states that they're burning coal, meaning there's earth on the rig for the prisoners to bend. Yeah. 
So it's funny how in the last couple episodes, we were talking about Sokka's um, ideologies being shattered, right? And, and everything he thought he knew being broken. And now we see Katara, you know, what she thought she understood about other benders and the fighting spirit um, being shattered. We're seeing, you're right, like you said it earlier, it's a hundred years. That's so much time to be imprisoned and enslaved by another nation. You have, you have multiple generations of hopelessness. And for Katara to, to, to give a speech like that and have no response has to just be so demoralizing. And the fact that she could see that happen and still that night be like, you know what, let's try again, is pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, I also feel like she understands why their spirits are broken, right? She, yeah. She's felt it firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I mean, what's one of the, one of the points? I kind of cringe when she's like, yes, they took away your ability to bend, you know? And but like that's, and then she tried to mask, uh, you know, but. build it up with courage, right? Uh, but you know, courage can only go so far for right. defenders yeah. and rocks. Um, oh, but here, I brought a pebble. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, Katara is living day and night with the Avatar. Okay, she yeah. has the hope of the whole world yeah. uh, as her travel companion, not day and night. All right, these prisoners don't know. They haven't seen the boy in the iceberg thaw. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, have some perspective, Katara, when, before you start a revolution. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 and on that note, though, it, it, another thing is she is still young. You know, she is still, like, maybe a teenager, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's a very maternal character, and in her tribe, she was maybe the second or third oldest presence there. Mm-hmm. But in reality, for all her maturity, she is still kind of a naive kid. And scenes like that kind of help remind us that. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, uh, Hiro points out, he's he's envious of her youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aang noticed the smokestacks in the distance, uh, pretty much within a minute of being on this rig. Uh, why do you think none of the benders, this this rig, which is I think entirely full of benders, never uh, noticed the smokestacks and connected that there might be coal in there? Possibly because the warden did such a good job of breaking their spirits. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Like, like they've just learned to be so helpless through generation after generation. Also, when you see smoke, what's the first thing you think of? Wood, fire. Fire. Yeah. You don't think of earth, you think of fire. And right. I think that for a lot of them already being broken, when you see mm. smoke, you don't see, wait, what's causing that? you know, what, what's causing the fire to exist, you're thinking, oh, wait, that's fire right there. And if we did anything, there's fire for them to use against us. Aang, we had just seen in the episode before, unlike most other people in this world, is capable of thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what gave him that advantage. Yep, there you go. The lessons yeah. of uh, King Boomy already in Boomy. place. Oh my yeah. God. Think outside the box. Think outside the rig or inside the rig, if you will. Um, Excellent, excellent. I mean, Katara is also really willing to risk a lot here. Uh, yeah. Who, or like, I know. She got uh, herself arrested for a boy. I know. Not to yeah, no, it's, it's, she's really. Uh, I mean, well, she does have a bison she could hop on and escape 
front with, right. so it's not that. Right. Well, no, well, which is it? Is it a buffalo or is it? <laughs> yes, that was a great, great scene. Um, yeah, um, yeah, but like, why not sneak out like one or two prisoners at a time on the bison? Multiple trips. I don't know. Uh, obviously, there's a whole story arc they're going for. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they're also kind of sowing the seeds of this is kind of. Maybe this is them realizing, or Katara realizing, as they go along the path, they can inspire hope where inspire they go. Groups, yeah. 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 Uh, excellent. So they put this plan into action. Um, Sokka and Aang close all the vents in the vicinity where the coal is being burned, except for one vent that leads to the outer vent where Katara and Sokka are. The warden yeah. discovers them and threatens that they are to surrender or die. <laughs> <At that point. laughs> At that moment, however, Cole bursts from the vent and lands before Haru and the others. Katara states that this is their chance to stand up and fight. Uh, but again, no one seems to have the will to revolt. Uh, the warden claims that their spirits were broken long before the young waterbender's arrival and walks away in triumph. Oh, the warden, uh, he's, he's very confident and proud of his uh, system that he's in place. Yeah. Is uh, the other thing I'm noticing is Katara the only female prisoner? I, no, there were a couple others. I think there were. Okay, yeah, Earthbenders. Okay, yeah. good. I, I, I had to I wondered if that, that had... on the second look, but like, uh, yeah. right? They they could have had a few more. <laughs> well, what what I mean is like, if she was the only female, I wonder if there was some inherent like. Mm. Exactly. Oh, this girl's going to come here and inspire a bunch of us men who've been broken down into, like, you know, if there's maybe some subtle gender bias or if I was just overthinking that, which I was. Uh, any other women? If there were others in here. It I, wouldn't it, be the first time they would have so. Yeah, that's for sure. It's true. Uh, and it won't be the last. Yeah. Um, yeah, this warden, very, very confident. Uh, again, it's just this generation after generation. Oh, it's always been done this way. We, we, this mm -hmm. is the way it is. This is the way of the world. Excellent. Um, moving along here, as the warden departs, a chunk of coal strikes him on the back of the head. He turns to see that the one responsible is Haru, who bears a look of rage on his face. Yes, go Haru. The warden attacks Haru, but his assault is blocked by Tyro and two other benders. The prisoners begin to regain their hope and join in battling the Fire Nation soldiers eventually emerging victorious after a dramatic struggle. With the help of Team Avatar, they defeat the soldiers and Tyro prepares to throw them and the warden overboard. When the warden pleads that he cannot swim, Tyro responds that he heard cowards float and promptly drops them all into the water. The good oh, line. Yeah. love that line. And Firebender burn. And wonderful yeah. <laughs> And wonderful delivery by the incomparable Kevin Michael Richardson. Mm. Yes. Um, amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward episode. Uh, really, yeah. we, and we've said it like every time we've spoken, but the, the, the sense of life under uh, Fire Nation occupation in the Earth Kingdom yeah. is uh, so profound, so deep. It's enough that... Uh, you understand why there's so little hope left in the world and uh kind of makes you wonder just this news of the avatar can't travel fast enough 
but it also has to be matched with Aang's enthusiasm to be the Avatar, which isn't quite there yet either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's, oh, yeah. he's still kind of just looking out for fun, like we've yeah, said. Yeah. 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 Just a boy. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a boy. He needs to kind of capture his attention. Also, like, that, the, way they, the way they portrayed the quote, it was kind of a heist sequence, right? When they showed the plan and they showed yeah. the events and like, that was kind of a, that would be the only way that would make it interesting for Aang, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, oh, I, get to, I get to sneak around this Fire Nation facility. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's a schemer. Yeah. yeah. Um, did we, uh, yeah. yeah. It's also weird that he, he did jump forward, right? And and make himself known at the end or no, Aang? He like he 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 came out and he and he and he flew in. Yeah. So yeah. they did see the Airbender and the Avatar, and yet I think it's there's something to be said that they were so broken or they were so focused on their own ability to save themselves that there wasn't really a big deal made about the Avatar showing up, so, which is something to be. Yeah. You know what I just thought of? Uh, it's a little off topic. Um, George Takei, who beautifully voiced the warden. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I'm not mistaken. I know that he and himself uh, were in a similar situation to yeah. the Earthbender prisoners because during World War II, he and his family were forced to relocate to a Japanese internment camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Just thinking about that. That he's On their now the soil. interner. Uh, I, I don't know if that was done deliberately or if he really when he signed up for this, was aware of that uh, significance, but it's... Uh, I'm sure. Quite he the must role have been. Well. He yeah, must it's, have right? it's probably it's, why he chewed, like, all the scenery when anytime mm -hmm. his character was on... But in a great way, like, anytime yeah. his character was on the screen. Like, he, he really... must have been channeling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He must have been channeling officers that he encountered or his parents encountered. So yeah. The confidence of those internment camp guards uh, that he experienced must have been... Uh, so similar yeah. to what uh, his character was in this episode. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, crazy stuff, man. Good episode. All right. And then, keep, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm just going to round out the story here. Uh, they drop him in the water. Team Avatar and the Earthbenders sail away in stolen Fire Nation ships. Tyro and Haru express their gratitude to Katara for renewing the hope. Of the people, all it took was a little plan from Aang and Katara, and uh, they were touched by Haru's word. Katara, I'm sorry, although she was touched by Haru's words, Katara suddenly notices to her distress that her mother's necklace is no longer around her neck. Oh my god! And the rig, Prince Zuko, making his only appearance at the, <laughs> the last second of the episode, uh, he finds the necklace and the strap it's on. And with this blank look, takes the necklace and looks out towards the horizon. So brooding, this Zuko. And then we cut to credits. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, mm. I would have liked to have seen the necklace get snipped. Not just like, oh, shit, I lost something. Uh, I mean, it could have easily been, you know, during the battle there at the end. There was no need to. Uh... Yeah, that's a little nitpicky. But uh <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's a, it, it 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 does seem a little shoehorned, you know. Mm. We, we like you said it before, you know. They, or we were talking about it before we taped it. You're trying to pretend to be an Earthbender. I can understand maybe having no other clothes, but the 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 Southern Water Tribe. But you're mm. there's no reason at all to be wearing a necklace that has the Water Tribe logo on it yeah. if you're pretending to be an Earthbender. 
And we know that there's a reason why they wanted her to have it now for Zuko to find it at the end of the episode. But mm. you're right, for a show that seems to cover so many bases so mm. often, it's weird that they didn't give a more concrete reason or excuse for that having happened. To at yeah, least have right. seen her like worried about the necklace and being like, don't worry about it, it's fine. You know, or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw uh, a note on this online forum that this is the first episode where we see all four of the elements being bent outside of the credits. Hmm. Uh, we get Haru, Tyro, and the other prisoners earth bending. Katara water bends. The warden and other fire soldiers fire bend. And Aang, of course, air bends. Wow. Yeah. We, the whole bending universe is at play now. There's no more... Uh, I mean, there's a lot left to be discovered as we go, but... Uh, we see wow. interaction between You're right. the different kinds of uh, bending here. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, this was also like, did, did you guys feel like this was the longest recap bef in, uh, in the previously on Avatar? Yes. yes. Which, by uh, far. By far. Which to me, now that, now that I'm in hindsight, I'm like, all right, they just kind of wrote a short episode and that extra recap. There was no need to remind us. Yeah. That, yeah. that there was. That's, yeah, yeah. There was no need to remind us that the whole reason they're up because, uh, you know, grandma lost hope in the world and, uh, you know, inside, in, inside Hollywood, that's exactly 100% why, yeah. because I remember, um, when, when, when I was working on Grimm, mm -hmm. we would sometimes have shorter episodes or whatever. And they would say, you know, if you want to cut this where we don't have a full 42 minutes or whatever, but you know, we also had extended previously ons or we could do the extended opening credits because we had like a fuller yeah. opening credit title sequence or a shortened one and a lot of shows like you'll see sometimes watching the office they have an abbreviated title sequence or a long one shows will oftentimes do that if they're either short on time or long on time they'll just right. throw other stuff around to make it work right right how much of that also i wonder is uh compensating for commercials as well like mm. you know different sponsors type of yeah. thing yeah. Well, I mean, the commercials are always the exact same length every time. There's always, it's always exactly, I think it's like 42 minutes and then the remaining for an hour of commercial, you know, it's, I think it's always like two and a half minutes. But did it ever, okay, so that was always. Um, more okay. often than not, yeah. Because gotcha. um, when, when I was working for a, a, a talk show, like it would always, like a live talk show, it would always change every day. Right. So it eventually, like when I first started working there, it was it would go from like a 37 minute episode. And then by the time I left, it was like 30, they barely got in like 32 because they had to compensate for monetary reasons with the, with the, right. with the extra commercial. Yeah. Right. Oof. Well, I, yeah. Credit to this show for uh, whatever commercial breaks it had to force in. It, it definitely did not <laughs> lose the plot and story. Yeah, no. What matters most. Um, Actually, guys, another outstanding episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, yeah. Let's let's. Oh. Get it. Yeah, Jeff. I was gonna say, and uh, what's his name? Dante gets a uh, gets a full episode payment for like one line of dialogue. Good on him. Awesome. So good for him. No, I didn't catch that. <laughs> good for his good for his okay. agent. I should it was say. Goes a long way to restore his honor. Yeah. Um, I, no, I didn't catch that. What good on? What, what was that? Good, like? good on his agent. Oh, right, right, right. Got it. For signing a specific <laughs> episode deal. Yeah. So he has to be featured in at least so many episodes a season. Definitely, mm. definitely, definitely. Get paid. True. Well done. Good on. Yeah. Now I get it. Um, 
All right, you guys, final thoughts. Um, Jeff, any, anything you want to add here? Um, well, we mentioned it about the last episode. I think this was also, I guess you could call it a filler. Mm. Um, and we know that we definitely aren't getting another filler episode for, for at least a few. No, we're not. Um, so uh, that's really good. But you're right. It, it's exciting that despite it being a filler, again, it gave us some great context, especially for the Earth Kingdom. Um, and man, it really, it really just set us up moving forward again. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Teddy, any final closing thoughts? Uh, to build on what Jeff said, it also gives you, despite being a filler episode, it gives you the strategic nature of the Fire Nation. Why mm. they colonized this this town in particular because of the coal mining. And also, I mean, look, mm. despite the fact that metal bending hasn't been invented yet, yeah. um, they used metal in an isolated uh, prison in the middle of the sea. So these two elements that earthbenders cannot utilize. Yeah. ideally so yeah i mean at that point what to to what they know up to that point they you know that's that's pretty that's pretty cunning that's true mm-hmm. you know it's build on that real quick maybe it's not that metal bending hasn't you know been invented or, or developed yet maybe it's just we haven't had someone as strong as Toph to right. come along or as smart as Toph. yeah i mean maybe it's uh it exists but uh a it's also a testament to talk who we will uh have plenty to chat about with uh later um we'll get there twinkle toes we'll get there. <laughs> yes um yeah my closer oh, thought just like this this the katara speech i think it's uh she, she she's so full of hope she's ready to rally these vendors and have them fight back and she even announces that the avatar is returned which is probably something they've heard before um but still can't get the earthbenders to fight for freedom. Uh, it just speaks to this culture, this, uh, you know, whether you want to compare it to Nazis or some of the oppressive natures of the Soviet Union or any other mm-hmm. uh, regime over the year of history. Yeah, I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, the, the, the lack of hope has died and it's really only the return of the avatar that sparks it up again. Yeah. Amen. All right. And that concludes another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Follow, like, subscribe, and tune in next time while we'll be reviewing book two, episode seven. Good night, you guys. Who's? Famio Hotman. Hmm.